Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. to episode 29 of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today I have a special guest. He is the co-host of One Nation Radio on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We got Mr. James Boyd. How you doing, James? What's going on, man? Yes, I'm glad to have you on the show because I was on your show a few weeks ago. And James does, you know, I, I, I don't really have to put him over because if you're on the Social Suplex Network, you've probably listened to at least one episode of One Nation Radio. But James has this ability to look at things that I see in a completely different way that I never thought about before. And he usually, like, I usually come around to his line of thinking <laughs> more than, like, I was like, oh, I didn't see it that way. But that's better than what I thought. So uh, you're going to get huh. – so we're going to talk about uh, the AEW uh, AEW Dynamite review today. And you're going to get two different aspects. You are going to get uh, Mr. Boyd's access from, from watching it on TV. I was in the building, so you'll get my view. We have not talked about the show at all before, so you're going to get exactly what we thought unfiltered and – like I said, you'll see, you'll probably see different points of view. So thank you for being on with us today, James. Glad to be here, man. Um, I, it's it's funny because you are Mr. AEW man, and I am, you know, it, for lack of intense purpose, I am Mr. NXT man. So like, this is kind of funny to to you know, I ended up watching on Thursday live. I ended up watching AEW, of course, and ended up like having to find a way to watch the NXT. So. It, it's going to be interesting where I was like, yeah, I I thought that the wrestling was better on NXT, but as far as like a package of a promotion and a and a show for um that can that can um, draw towards more people and it's more to just you know the actual in ring work like FIAW was a much bigger deal. 
Yes, I uh, I actually uh, I agree to a point with that. Uh, let me get this part out. Uh, just want to start the show by reminding you the episode of All Things Elite brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over four thousand hours of content from over one hundred and ten of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code So Suplex, you get the first month free. But yes, I, that's what I was going to start with today is our overall thoughts on it. So I, I got yours. And that that's what I would say for me. I kind of agree. I would actually, like, if I was doing letter grades on a show, I would say NXT was an A. And I actually, even from live in the audience, trying to take out of my, you know, trying to take out my bias from being in the audience, I would say it was a BB+. Plus. Really? And, yeah, I would have said it was a BB plus, but but and, and you'll hear this as we go through. I think the BB plus from AEW is sustainable. I don't believe uh, the NXT's gotcha. A is sustainable. Gotcha. They threw, like they can't come out there. Yeah, they <laughs> came out there and it's Russell, Russell, Russell like crazy all the time. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're not going to give you a mini takeover every week. You know, yeah. they can't do it. Yeah. But what you got from AEW? That's their show. Next week's show is going to be similar to that. Next week's show. And that's what you're going to get every week. And if that's their standard, that's an amazing standard. But if you get the whole A and then you get a C show and then you get a, you know, then you get like, oh, my God, that was wild. Then the next week you're disappointed. You know, that's what keeps people from turning back the next week. Because I'd rather have consistently good to great than great and then shitty. Yeah, and <laughs> I think because keep in mind, like, um, full disclosure, like, I'm not a person that's watching the Road to stuff. I am not a person that's watching Being the Elite. Um, I'm a person that believes that um, your television or your shows, as far as the, the wrestling shows, like the pay per views or the BR stuff or Fight Fight for the Fallen or or um or Fighter Fest or whatever else, and then Dynamite, like, that's all I'm watching. I don't need the supplemental stuff. Um, put it if look if it's good enough, it should be on your TV. And this is and they you know when you saw the promo before Cody and um and, and Sammy like that's like the stuff they should be doing and putting on your TV. Like WWE should take notes like when they do all that great stuff they do on the network on YouTube and just like leave it to let them you know do whatever twenty four seven nonsense they want to do. So, um, I I when you said the part about it being sustainable. Like, the thing for me is I watched the show. It felt like a pay-per-view. I don't know I don't know if that's how you felt or maybe it was just because, obviously, it was 14,000 people, but, like, watched it. It felt like a pay-per-view that so happened to have a couple things in it to, that lets you know that it was actually TV. But it felt like a big show. But it was just a... It was their TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last time like I'm, I'm like going past all in and stuff that were special occasions, but when I, it was the attitude error, like for me in the you know '90s when I would go to a Raw in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. where that was the last time I had a crowd for TV that hot. I mean, mm. the crowd was hot, and I've been to NXT in full sale, and it's a very hot crowd. But the energy coming off, I mean, they reacted to almost everything on the show. There were a couple of what I would call dead sections. But in general, they re, you know, people were reacting to everything. And it was like, and, and like the energy I felt was like, I was like hopped up and I hadn't only slept like four hours and 24 hours, <laughs> but 
you really could not tell, you know, for that show, I was completely up. And if you actually watched the show, you would see me on it quite a bit. Oh, uh, yeah, we saw, we saw you right next to the, to the interest ramp. Yeah, we saw you. Yes. <laughs> you, you, let me tell you, when I got that ticket, I thought one and two was on the other side, so I thought I kind of got a shitty seat. And uh, then I got there. <laughs> It, uh, I did view from the ring, and I saw that it was on the inside, and I was like, "Okay." So I'm gonna be right next to where the wrestlers came out. I didn't know until like two days before. Yeah, man. And, like, what in these days? You, I, I'm concerned for your. I'm concerned for you, Floyd, because one of these days, I feel like you're gonna get too caught up in good wrestling, and Cody's gonna be down there, and you're gonna try to jump that rail, and the security's gonna have to rough you up. And Man. I, I get concerned. Like, are you able to contain yourself when you're so, <laughs> so caught up in it? I, I do get, I do get really caught up. I, I tell people, I was like, I suspend my dis when I definitely when I'm there, I'm suspend my disbelief for two hours. And unlike a lot of people, when I'm at a show, I cheer the faces and boo the heels, no matter what. Even if I love the heel, like I love Pac. But if you saw on that screen, I was booing the shit out of them because <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. I was talking about this early tonight. Fans are such a big part of the wrestling experience. And you kind of want to go along with what the reaction that they want you to go with. You know what I mean? So I'm like booing the shit out of Pac. If anyone ever, or Pac, excuse me, anybody ever talk to me, I love Pac. I love him. I think he's an amazing wrestler. I love his shitty heel gimmick that he's been doing. I love everything about him, but I he needs to be booed to be effective. And, and he was going at it with the guy right next to me, like, and he like jumped at him and stuff. It was so kind of it was it was so cool. He's so he gets into that character and he stays in it, and I I loved it. I loved it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so let, let, we're just going to do match by match. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got our overall thoughts, uh, match by match. First match, uh, uh, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, Cody's entrance, uh, I don't know if you, uh, we'll see if you agree or not. His whole presentation makes him look like the biggest star in the company. Yeah, he is presented as he is the as he is the biggest star in the company right now. Yes. Yeah, because I'm like, oh my god, it's just like he comes out there, and you know he's got the whole entrance and he's coming up like almost like some kind of mythical feature creature, and then he has Brandy next to to him, was which is objectively one of the most attractive women on the planet. I know women are more than just their looks, but for his gimmick. It adds to his character. You get what I'm saying? That he has a hot wife? Yes. I mean, sure. No. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, sure. If you think about the old school the way of thinking of a face, guys want to be him, and then women want to be with him. That's the old school hilarious thing. If you're thinking about it that way. Okay. Before, you know, this whole presentation of Cody being with Brandy, how many guys would you said wanted to be Cody? Wanted to be in WWE. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was Cody in WWE. It's dashing, putting on yes. lip gloss and the night root or night routine, and then you know, getting six one nine in the face. So yes. his face is deformed. He's wearing a mask. So he's telling people that they're ugly. They're was ugly. Put a bag on his bag bin that are having people dress like um having people put bags on his crowd like they're like Saints fan from the 
free Drew Brees era. So like I I don't really know. And plus I wasn't watching her most most of that time. Like I I came into wrestling back in like 2011. So most of my my what I know about Cody is like he was the after Lexi thing, the past the Doctor Doom stuff, and like he was like a minor nemesis to like Babyface Randy Orton in 2000 when like, Orton was giving a shit. He lived down. Yes. So. Oh, speaking of Randy Orton, Jesus. But, he, um, he literally lost to Randy Orton in a handicap match at WrestleMania. Randy yeah. Orton beat up him and Ted DiBiase Jr. Yes. <laughs> that happened. Right. <laughs> and But I saw, but I remember, like, before I I got back and got kind of figured out, that, like, yeah, people, there is no real upper mobility in WWE, like, except for the very, very few, like, uh, since part-time stuff and they don't care about these newer top guys that much. They might make one per year, if that. But um, back then, like, I would see Dolph Ziggler on the wild, and I was uh, Cody on SmackDown. But, like, eventually, that looks like a program where they have, like, their mid-card IC-type match or on, on WrestleMania. Ziggler's a heel, Cody's the face, we'll go from there. And I'm saying, like, that's probably like what it would be like WrestleMania 29. They, they never, they, neither one of those guys ever got a single match. Or, sorry, uh, Cody did, like, Dolph never got a single match WrestleMania, ever. So, like, and then you start seeing, like, after years and years of life, like, oh, this was, okay, this doesn't work like how it used to work back when I was a kid. Like, people get elevated, you know, to make heart up, get chances, a real chance. So, it's a little different, but, um, so, with Cody, it was like, it was somebody I thought had the, had it, right? Not not like this. I never thought he was going to become this, but I thought he was somebody that, like, had, had potential. And when he left, I was like, he's been on himself. I hope the best for him because he's always one of those guys that he had something. And then, like, and then, you know, Ring of Honor, and, uh, the Impact stuff, or whatever else, and then going to New Japan, and all that lets this moment is like this dude is really blown up in a way that I never imagined. I'm really happy that dude. I still wish he didn't do, you know, the five percent of the match besides to be a heel <laughs> for like two minutes of match and every match. But outside of that, like I think this is like this dude reaches his his potential as a star and or close to it. And he's firing all cylinders as a guy like the crowd guys. Like he's absolutely that guy. Like, maybe in the future, there could be uh, another younger guy like uh, Jungle Boy or Barbie Allen in the crowd, vibes like that um, in the years to come. Like, that's the down the road stuff. Like, right now, it's moment time in AEW, like, Cody's absolutely that guy. Yeah, and that's what I was just saying. With that, it's just his presentation from outside of WWE to, I mean, from inside of WWE out, and then you add, and I, I really did, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to say this in the most diplomatic way. You have Brandy there, and she is very, very attractive. <laughs> you know, just say it like that. So that adds to the whole guys wanting to be him. You know what I mean? Um. Yes, I can see some of the. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not it's not you personally. Prospect with a hot white. Yes, I can see that. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like so it adds to the guys wanting to be him and that whole presentation. I'm guaranteeing you, she doesn't mind that adding. I mean, she wouldn't come down to the ring, and it's just he just looks like 
the guy. You know what I mean? That's what I'm like. Everything about it, from the coming up to the ring to having Randy on his arm to coming down the ring, that's his partner or whatever, it adds to this whole epic character. And it's just like, even if I was not a Cody fan and I'm turning in on AEW Wednesday night, I'm like, this is the guy, right? You know, I'm like, this is the guy. This is this is their guy that's going to eventually be champion. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, and then Sammy Guevara comes out, and Sammy Guevara has got the panda thing on, and I mean, hey, I'll be the first to say, dude's a good looking dude. He is a very good looking uh, guy. So he comes out, and he has his music going, and it's just like, but you know, first time coming in, and you uh, you looking at him, you think. I think, anyway, if you're a person that has never seen the show, well, Cody's going to beat this guy easily because big presentation, you know, the next one is not as big, you know, that kind of thing. And then they go out and put on the match. So what did you think of the actual in-ring performance? I thought it was a good match, uh, and I thought the end of I thought the end of the match or towards the end was very good. Uh, maybe even great, but I thought I thought for the most part, most of the match was good. Um, the the spot with with uh, Brandy um, get, um, getting basically used as a used for heat, like that. I thought that was I thought that definitely added to the match for the crowd. The crowd like was furious with Guevara, and it definitely got him heat. Um, I don't know if they I, I don't know if that was the best idea to. I feel like that's something you should probably use in your bit in your back pocket for a bigger thing down the line but if they said if they want to use that to you know get uh sammy going as far as like you should absolutely hate this guy's butts and look it worked so it worked but i kind of feel like that's a big gun um but whatever um but i thought like i thought it was a really good match and i thought sammy um aside from the one time where he almost you know was me out trying to land doing all the flips and stuff i thought that uh that was probably his best performance to date probably uh, maybe there was the um, the baseball or the amplifier. Was that fight for the phone or was that fight for the uh, which, uh, which one was that? The one that had the amplifier. Uh, was that oh, Jacksonville? The, oh, yeah, fight that was uh, fight for the fallen. Fight for the fallen. He was in that, he was in the uh, six man tag, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I would say, I'd probably say this was a better performance than even that one. Yeah, because he was flying around in that match, and he I know he caught a lot of people. I know that in this match, it was great. I like Cody doing a couple things he doesn't normally do. He took the Spanish fly. That uh, springboard top rope or kind of cutter that he did was smooth as hell. Uh, it, you know, there was – it was – like I said, it was a good match. You know, it, I mean, I don't, wasn't going to put a star rating on it, but I put it like three and a half. You know what I mean? It was a really good match. It was a solid TV match. and But the biggest thing is that it did what it was supposed to do. It lets you know that Sammy Guevara was a star. You got to see him. He got to get all his spots in. And then even when it came to the ring, and when, you know, Cody wins with a roll-up. So it wasn't just like he was a geek that just got, okay, Cody hits his finisher and beat him. He had to roll him up. He kind of escaped with the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I go as far as saying it was a star rate performance. I would say that it was a great showcasing, and it definitely should be something that um, should propel him to being solidly in the mid-card after being you know, a pre-match guy with uh, Kip Sabian at, on, um, was that Double or Nothing? So I think that definitely, if the idea is get this dude ready and 
you know, he's going with the stable they're going to do, or it looks like they're going to do, like have him be established as like the mid card guy that he can beat and also win from time to time. Like, I've, mission accomplished. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. It set him up for his spot later in the night. Yeah. Uh, after the match, uh, you know, Cody wins. Tony Schiavone looks like this is going to be a thing. He's going to come out to interview Cody, a la like UFC interview. We write in the ring after you win. Uh, to- uh, what you? What were you going to say? Uh, yeah. So you didn't see this because you were in the crowd. But then when they started the show, they start off with the with a shot of the announcers to establish that these are the these are the people and these are what their voices look like, which, um, you know, sometimes WWE does, sometimes they don't. Or they'll wait forever to do it. Like, y'all will watch these old, uh, uh, like, when the network first started, like the 2014 NXTs, and, like, they won't show you, like, uh, Todd Phillips or Byron Saxon until, like, their hat or a core of the show. But they start off and they show Shivani, and then, like, you can see that he was. It, it, at one point, in the light, he was almost going to cry. At another point, it looked like he, but he was definitely so happy. It was like there is wrestling back on Turner, and this is a dude that was like doing the fucking studio shows. Sorry, uh, but like he was the person that was doing studio shows with Ric Flair in the eighties, right? So, um, so that was definitely cool. And then it took when they brought him after the match, um, Cody, and like this is Dusty's son, and this is. Shivani together and they hug. He was like, I can't believe I've obviously, you know, all the comparisons to WCW, but like, it was cool to see them have that moment where they're coming together. It's like, this is kind of, this isn't the same thing. It's obviously, listen, this has changed so much over the past uh, 18 years, but like, it's back. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. It did look like, like I said, he held him for a while when he hugged him, and then Tony went in for the interview, and then Sammy kind of interrupted it, and you thought Sammy was about to jump Cody, but he kind of shook his hand, and what I noticed, and maybe it didn't play as well on TV, he kind of held his hand long right. enough, and you see, and I'm mm-hmm. seriously staring at the ring. All I see is a white blur going by me i mean he was booking it i mean he was booking it white blur and i was like what the hell was that and then i realized it was jericho and you know i knew what was about to go down so jericho starts attacking him and uh sammy everybody looks like sammy's about to attack jericho and he you know sammy's not a good person so he just bounces and jericho beats on cody and he beats on cody Mm-hmm. And he beats on Cody. Yep. <laughs> and he beats on Cody. Like, it felt like yeah. this went on. And, you know, it might just be because I'm a Cody's, like, fan. No, it went on forever. It, it this... went on forever. <laughs> so, that, so the beatdown happens. And that was their tease to get you to go through their first commercial break of the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Jericho beats him. You see Sammy sort of walk off, kind of like, I ain't got nothing to do with this. Um, and then I think he takes him outside. And he takes my side, and then all of a sudden, like they go to commercial break, and it's a, you see a picture in picture, like you see it in the small screen, kind of like the, how SmackDown Live, in, like the beginning of the show, would have like matches go through breaks. And you see it in the corner, so no audio, but you see a small picture of him just being the hell out of Jericho. And I'm sitting, I'm sorry, out of uh, Cody, and I'm sitting there laughing like Jericho's is the best. So he's beating him, he's beating him, he's beating him. And then all of a sudden, they come at a commercial break, and I think they come back around the time they get he gives the. Uh, he sets up the two chairs and he power bombs through the chairs. And then uh, I don't know if the the belt shot happened before or after that, but um, 
that came back through for, for the end of the beatdown, and I thought it was a great beatdown. And I was surprised that, uh, or not surprised, but I was wondering if after the bell shot, if Cody was going to gig himself because I was, you know, blood and guts and all that kind of stuff and all that talk around it. I thought it was smart for them not to, and they, you know, they such a word like not doing bleeding or blood on TV. So I, I appreciated that. I compl- I completely agree with that and. And you know what? It felt like, and it's like just felt like from inside, because Jericho when he came out, he was getting pops, right? And it mm-hmm. felt like he was gonna keep beating Cody until he got booed, right? Because when they finally started turning on him and booing, that's kind of <laughs> when the beatdown ended. <laughs> like he was gonna beat him down until it was uncomfortable, and you couldn't help but boo him. And that's how you draw heat. I love it. This was like the opposite of what they do with Brock Lesnar, where Brock would beat somebody, walk out the ring, and then come back, and then walk out the ring and come back, and then eventually the crowd's like, "Well, like this person that you beating on, like we ain't a hundred percent behind anyway. So yeah, we may as well like get some get some, you know, some enjoyment out of you know." The, the violence that we're seeing. Yeah, go ahead. Whoop him for the fourth time, Bob Rock. Like, the only time this never really happened is, like, just this Monday with uh with Ray. That's the people, because Ray's universe of love. Like, Seth, uh, Roman, mm, not the same thing. Yeah, he beat him until it was uncomfortable. And, I, I, I you know, it's funny. It's one of those things. I do try... Like, as a big of a Cody fan as I am, and I'm cheering and stuff, I detached myself to certain parts. And I was like, man, this is just it, – it left you like, okay, on its own, this was great. It built – it's building up to full gear. But in your mind, you're like, is this going to lead to anything else? Because Jericho has to wrestle later in the night. You know that. So, Cody well, – I- I didn't know if if maybe that was a quote unquote beat down that took him off. He needed to go to go to a emergency medical facility. Yes. But, yes. <laughs> so I didn't know, but uh, I did immediately think like, oh, this is the this is when like when Cody gets his heat ba- or gets it back to build, you know, for a video pack or whatever else for uh, full gear. Like it's go- it's going to add to it. It's going to be great. Yeah, but, uh, but I didn't. But, ex- I didn't yeah. expect to see anything more from that part of the feud that mm-hmm. night. I thought I thought Cody was gone. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I was just like, oh, what is this leading to? Which is what you want wrestling to do, kind of leave you wanting something more. So yes. Cody gets walked back, and the way it is from the screen, as Cody's getting walked back, I'm guessing it's on a commercial, and then you get the uh, Brandon Cutler entrance. Was that on TV or not? We got Cutler's entrance, and we also got uh, MJF. Yeah, yeah, so Cutler comes out, and he gets a he gets a pretty good pop, and then MJF comes out, and he gets on the mic, and that dude's <laughs> just I'm like I, I like I wanted a picture of him, and then I think I did finally get one, but I get so lost in what he's saying, it's just it's every you know every hill was like this back in the '80s, but now because he's the only one that kind of does it, it's super special. You know what I mean? So he's yeah. he's like Bobby he was like Bobby Heenan if he he was a full time wrestler. <laughs> so I wouldn't go that far. I don't. I, I think if 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 I wouldn't just completely cut it off and say no way. But like he has a lot of work. Like Bobby Heenan did a lot of stuff to get to get that level of hate. Like that was well earned. Like that oh, was yeah absolutely. Like, Bobby, Bobby Heenan placed in like the the in like the. The, the pantheon of like most hated wrestler wrestling characters of all time like that is like that, that place earned like like Leonardo DiCaprio's like uh best 
like that Oscar he finally won from the Revenant. Like these are this is built up over years and years of you coming so close, he finally reached the pinnacle. Like <laughs> so, I think that's in store for MJF because he's so he's like it's I like he's like Bobby that. Brain's long lost grandson. He's not so, quite there. He's not so, there. Yeah, but I, you can see it. Him, when I think of him, I think a lot of like uh. Cornet, if Cornet like wasn't from the south, Ooh, and, like, did not yes, as fast, yes. Oh, I I, I like that one better because when you're with Jim Cornet, even at the merch stands in these small indie places or whatever, don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> he will he will cut you down, and like he will make you feel bad about yourself. You'll feel so bad, then you'll give him $30 for a t-shirt. <laughs> it's, it's the craziest thing. Is like He is actively not nice to people, and then they buy a shirt. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. Uh, so MJF comes out, and then he gets in the ring with Cutler. And, you know, I'm watching this whole match. I'm, like, completely into the match because I'm ready for Brandon Cutler's real hope spot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, in my brain, unfortunately, I'm a, a person that does podcasts, so we kind of think ahead. I try to stay in the moment, right, but right. we think ahead. But I was like, so this is what they're going to do. This is what they're going to do. And they, they gave him the dive through the ropes with the punches, right. but pretty much he got the crap beat out of him the rest of the match. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I mean, I think that's appropriate because it was a, short, it was a quick match. It didn't go yeah. past five minutes, but yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was appropriate to set MJF up like to be honest it was the end of the match to finish was like was was kind of I thought was kind of I didn't I understand what happened like I understand the uh, the mechanics what happened I was kind of confused as to did he do you think he blew out his knee or hurt himself like when when he slipped off the ropes or do you or do you think that was on purpose or do you think it was unintentional I, I think it was unintentional say the guy okay. right in front of me stood up right when the ending happened so mm-hmm. I actually had to watch it back on the video because I was like I didn't know what happened but it looks like he was supposed to do a move and miss and then mm-hmm. MJF was gonna put him in the arm bar and tap him out but yeah, he yeah, went up yeah. to do the move he slipped. He just played it off as his knee went out, and then he put him in the armbar. Okay, that makes that makes sense because I was I was confused. Like, all right, so he just like played as if he blew out his knee, and then like after you know MJF worked over his arm, you know throughout the whole match, all of a sudden he slaps on the the Fujiwara arm his Fujiwara armbar. So I'm like, okay, like if you're a if you're a true dick, if one were a true asshole, he puts a lock on his leg. Right, like if that was a work, uh, but you know, either way, like he still got him out of there in a in a way when it made sense because he worked over that arm over and over and got him out of there. But like, I, I didn't know if there was word on you know if he was hurt or if it was intentional or what have you. So you wouldn't have been able to tell from anything on Twitter. He just right. seemed really happy to be there, and he was like, "I was on national TV," kind of thing, and it was just like, and everybody's like. The what I've seen is like, oh, this was the match that was probably the worst match. I'm like, it was three minutes and twenty five seconds. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't intended to be good. Like, if you want a three hundred, if you want a three minute, three and a half minute, like, good match, like, you need to go like watch a Stardom high speed match. Outside of that, yeah, I really have nothing else to really yeah. offer you. Yeah, but, it was uh, the established MJF as a rung above Brandon Cutler, and yeah. that's what so, they did. So on commentary, 
Yeah, and I love that this is how they made use of the TV-14. On commentary, Shivani, after MJF makes that promo, he says, you know, because, you know, they, I I believe that they did a uh, one of the Road 2 shows where he had to, the misfortune of interviewing MJF one time. MJF was being MJF, so, yeah. of course, he was annoyed. Where So he comes out, and then Shivani says, you know, I hope someone shuts that little, I hope that Cutler shuts that little prick up or something to that effect. He called him a prick, and I was like, thank you, TV-14. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to talk like actual humans talk. Yes. <laughs> During the match, or right before the match, also, uh, they talked about the Twitter exchange between um, uh, the actual man, I can't pronounce his last name. Joe Mangiello. Man, yeah, him and uh, about Dungeons and Dragons and how MTF was out here talking spicy about you know to the to, you know to the geeks and you know someone that also that culture was like look I have a better physique than you like they also it, was, it made me think of um, I believe it was fight for the fallen with Stella and the whole Enzo thing how how uh, uh, Marvis called <laughs> Marvis called uh, some of the herbs talking about how the guy you know, at, at Lincoln made two concerts like. They're using reality and they're not so much as intelligence. I was like, thank you. He, he literally called Enzo the scum of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> he said he got in a fight with the scum of the earth. I was like, dang. Uh, Alex brought it. And that was like one of the f- actual funnier things he's ever he said. Uh, but yeah, uh, MJF put him away. Uh, it's one of those things. He We, we were booing because we were supposed to. But MJF is one of the most loved people. In AEW, but yeah, I was booing, but I I, really, I wanted to cheer so much. <laughs> there's also a small story in it, and I don't know because we'll know, we don't know about the the slip off the rope, whether it was intentional or not. But it is added to make you hate him more than like he looked like he could have possibly been put away with a top rope move until he got lucky, and yeah. then he put the dude away. Like so that. So that is a little thing. Like we'll see if they can, if they pick that up, or if that was intentional or not. If it's something that happens down the line with him, with other people. But like that was kind of cool for Hill to like luck into a win to get heat. And the best part I, I even said is that MJF, he he, even in his promos, he's like, I don't care about five stars. I just care about the winner's purse. So the fact that he's kind of a boring wrestler is a part of his gimmick. He's like, I don't care if you like what I do every day. I'm just trying to win, and it's it's. I love it. It, it he drives it home in everything that he does. I like he's the most in his character wrestler that I've seen in a very long time. Other than I'd say like, I I don't even know how many people. I mean, he is very old school. Where uh, he was on some kind of wake up. Uh, Champaign, Illinois, and the, the lady touched his scarf. He's like, "Don't touch me!" <laughs> and like, she didn't even know how to react. She didn't know he was gonna do it. It was so, it was amazing. So, so you think he's more into his character than like Minoru Suzuki? Oh, I don't know. Or uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi? See, or, I, I see. Or Liger? Or are we just saying like in North America? Yeah, I was saying in North America. America anyway. Yeah, it's like in Japan. It's like a whole different world. Like <laughs> that's not like, fair. It's too good. Yeah, I'm like, it's too good. We can't use that. I was like, you know, no, it's like, and, and you know, and you know, AEW might be might be able eventually to get on that level, but nobody's gonna come up, open the door, and be on New Japan's level. 
Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I don't think Cody's going to show up like how they have uh, Okada like show up to a, a baseball game in the pool in the pool Raymond Bernard throwing the first pitch. Like, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen just yet. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's what I was like. I tell people what I was saying, screaming last week is like you can't compare a nine month company with a thirty year company. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's just not. That makes sense. <laughs> so uh, it's like, no, New Japan. Maybe we'll get there eventually. We'll we'll see which way they go. Let's just, let's just worry about the second show. You know that kind of thing. Can you imagine what New Japan wrestling will look like if if it keeps on this trajectory in thirty years? Like, can, can you imagine being able to just like see what a, a New Japan, what a Wrestle Kingdom main event will look like thirty years from now? Like, would like would our brains just explode? Yes, yes. <laughs> With the continued evolution of their entering work, it's just like they found they found their niche, which is pure 100% great in-ring work and they put it on every week and you know you either like it or you don't like it and that's what I've uh, that's what I'm saying about AEW they should just put on their show every week don't worry about what everybody else is doing just put on your show and people are either going to like it or they're not going to like it but you can't worry about what anybody else is doing so uh batch three was this was Pac versus Hangman correct Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So match three, Pac, Hangman. We were supposed to get this match at Double or Nothing in Vegas. Uh, it looks like it was some kind of travel visa, well. visa issues, and oh, that you want to go with visa? I, I, mean, I mean, I it mean, could be, I think it's both. I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's both. Yes, and you know, and it's funny because if this was going to be the result of the show in Vegas, I don't understand what the political. <laughs> would have been so well well, the political issue at the time was that he was a champion in dragon gate Uh he didn't want to do jobs at all period so the thought would have been all right well he's gonna fight uh he's gonna lose to jericho or kenny and and you know uh in the title match or like yeah or yeah, that was going to be like, you know, you had Jericho and Kenny match at uh, at Double or Nothing. And then you had the, the pocket and the Neville, sorry, the Pack and the Hangman match. And then, like, those were semifinals of Victim. So the idea was going to win the first match and the second one. And at that point, he was like, I'm not doing the job right now. Yeah, like, and, so. which he shouldn't. And you know what? I hope, you know, AEW has a world champion like Chris Jericho. He protects. The title, if he ever goes anywhere, he protects the title the same way. I you know I know everybody would love me because I'm in the AEW podcast guy to be like, he should have just did what AEW needed him to do. But no, no, no. You if, when you are the champion of a company, you are resp- you are their flagship flag carrier, and you are responsible for uh, how you look as the champion. So don't go to all these other countries and lose. That's I, just stupid. I think, it, I think it depends on how the fan base how they think their fan base will react to yeah. a loss right so yeah like because on one end i i can see for dragon gate why that would matter but like if you're ring of honor and your idea is no we can't we have to have matt Taven beat jeff cobb because cobb is about to do some about to lose in the g1 and go four and five i would suggest you put the belt on jeff cobb because he's a bigger star people more people want to see him rustling the matt fucking tape so that's that's you know 
I think it's a, I think it's a case by case type of situation. I, I and I do, but you know, like you know, but I do respect Ring of Honor's decision. Whether Ring of Honor, mm. they're, they're 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 dying, mm. they're dying. And was it a bad <laughs> was it a bad decision? Yes, but yeah. I respect I respect it because ultimately you're trying to put out for whoever your next champion is. Like your champion is Roosh now. You know what I mean? He has the idea that okay, you're the champion. You're not gonna go all to these random independents and lose. You know what I mean? Or we're gonna take the title off of you, whether I, it's I, good for us or not. I mean, I don't know. I honestly, after letting after letting the Bucks, Kenny, you know, let after letting them go, I couldn't tell you what I would have done to make what ROH did over the last year any better. I mean, I wouldn't have put on that type of show in Madison Garden, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I would not have brought up Bill Moore. I would not have had uh, Matt Taven uh, beat on that ladder match. I would have. I would have belted up Marty Scroll and then tried. That's out that seems it. to be the consensus is Marty Scroll should be your champion right now, and he should have left lost on like his last night. You know, he should have lost going out because because he was a part of the elite. He would have still had that fan base coming in. He's the most over person still to this day in Ring of Honor. Yeah, he is definitely, definitely. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know why they went. I don't know why they went the way they went. He would have been my champion. And if you think about it along these terms, they had a story of redemption in him winning at Madison Garden after he lost Don Castle in New Orleans at Supercard. I think that was uh, 12 okay, or 7. So it's like he lost WrestleMania weekend in 2018. He's going to go to WrestleMania uh, weekend in 2019, and he gets a second shot at it. Nope. Loose wise. Both times. And both times were the people that were less over to him, and 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 in the Dalton case, like don't I mean obviously they don't know this is hindsight, but like don't immediately gets hurt after that, and it has a bad back, and he still has a bad back to this day. So it's like, yikes. So basically, you're saying the story was written, they just didn't take it. Oh no, yeah, yeah, it, it, was, it was everything. It was it was it was very much a yeah. We yeah. can have Daniel Bryan thing after. With WrestleMania, I'm sorry, it's something that's 13 to be out of WrestleMania, but we have to be dragged. We don't do it over to be dragged, kicking, screaming, and doing right. It was right okay. Becky Lynch last summer, same, yeah, same vibe. You have a story in place, you run the opposite way for, for some weird reason. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. I mean, yeah, like I said, I just like, I don't know. You, They lost so much talent. They lost so much talent at the same time. Like, I would have, I honestly say, I would have never went to an ROH show, and I probably wouldn't have went to that ROH show in New York if it wasn't for Cody and the, you know, the Elite. I say Cody and the Elite, but it's more like uh, Kenny and the Elite or whatever. But I probably wouldn't have went to the show because it wasn't on my agenda. I always go to TakeOver, but mm-hmm. it was like, okay. They sold the tickets, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay, so they might leave and go do their own company because I heard that whispers, but they're going to show up for Madison Square Garden, and I had just kind of convinced myself that they were going to be there, even I, though I, they said they weren't several times. I think the thing for me was that is Madison Square Garden, so I decided to go. And this is obviously with, like, well, they might go head-to-head with uh, with a takeover, but it was like, Takeover can move. 
Takeover has Barclays. Like they can move those dates between the uh, ring of, or not water, but the Hall of Fame, whatever else, if they want to compete or if they want to actually sell dates to this second show or this, to, to whatever they think is more important show. And they decided to move because you know they had they already sold tickets before uh, Takeover already had their tickets on sale. So it was like, all right, you're gonna go to a market. There's already a bunch of tickets sold to this one thing. You don't want to get boxed out and go out there and have an impact stadium. So they moved and we were able to, you know, go to both. Yeah. That, and that was, I mean, that was great. But it was like when I made the decision, it was like Cody and the Bucks sold me on going to Madison Square <laughs> Garden. I'll tell anybody that. That's who sold me. I don't, and then, because, you know, I didn't know it was going to be a freaking mm-hmm. Okada and Jay White in the main event. No, or that would have sold me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I thought originally that we were going to get, obviously, uh, some version of Okada. I thought we were going to go Okada versus something. That's what I thought. Yeah. But whatever. I still, it, it, it was still a great, uh, the real, the New Japan part of the show was great. Yeah. Um, Ring of Honor, like you talked about how they lost so much talent. It's like, yes, they lost a bunch of talent. They lost a lot of talent. But that doesn't mean you try to replace Enzo and Cass. I, I like Enzo and Cass, but, you know. I like them as a, I like them as a, uh, like a less serious new age outlaw, uh, too cool type of thing. Like not, I don't. But like, like a, a big card, upper big card tag team. Yeah, but like to be, you know, um, the champions or anything like that. Nah, that's not really what I want to see in my wrestling. I mean, I get it. But like I said, I've always been a it's fan. An incredible promo. He's an incredible promo. Yeah, I would never. I would never. Like, ain't a point in line about that. He's an incredible promo, but, like, I don't want to see them just wrestle. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I can honestly say, even to me, that someone that likes them, that makes sense. You know, because they, you know, they weren't super great in the ring. Now, Enzo, I will tell anybody, I will put his selling up just about against anybody. That, that, dude, that dude would make whoever was kicking his ass look like a boss every time when he wrestled. That dude could sell. I mean, his offense yep. was not that great, but uh, his, his offense is getting his ass whooped. Yeah, his offense was getting his ass whooped, and I, you know, I always when people would say Enzo shit wrestler, I'm like, uh, hold on, selling's a huge part of wrestling, and mm-hmm. he was a very good seller. Yeah, <laughs> so no, but yeah, his offense was like, eh. so um, but yeah, so back to the Hangman and Pac match, entering <laughs> entering performance. What do you think? I thought it was a good match that was just slow. Um, and why it was slow, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm, is I'm, that how Pac works now? Or, or Pac works now? I don't um, know. I didn't see him in his Japan stuff. I I watch New Japan in Japan. That's it. <laughs> okay, so I don't really, I don't watch Dragon Gate, so I can't really tell you. But, like, when he was doing the Hill stuff as the king of the cruiserweights or whatever in WWE, he still wrestled passion in this. And he's yeah. in WWE, and all the undues were slow. So, uh, so for me, I was surprised that he was working at that kind of pace. I thought they would have they would have worked a little faster. There would have been a, uh, and there was no real like huge exchange moment. But they, but even even though they was like a huge on the exchange type of stuff, whatever else, a huge cut, you know, uh, reverse covering each other. Rever- I'm sorry, reversing, covering each other, reversing each other up, that sort of stuff, countering stuff. They still were very crisp with their offense. It's just, it just felt like there was something missing. And the only thing I could really think of was it was just pace. It was, it was just kind of 
a, a beat floor than you would expect. Yeah, I, and that's what I was thinking. It was because when they were entrance, Hangman popped like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cowboy shit, and the beginning of the match was hot, and it felt like there was like a felt like a ten minute lull there, and it mm. just like like the I wouldn't say the crowd wasn't into it, but it was like they were waiting for something to happen. Yeah, I think maybe they were sitting on their hands, expecting like mm-hmm. they were waiting for like the great match, and yeah. it, it wasn't a great match; it was just a good match. Yeah, and I even said I thought I was like that was pre-show. I said that was going to be my match of the night, and mm-hmm. that wasn't. And then uh, we had the ref got tied up with Pac, and he hits Hangman with a nut shot. Then he hits him with a black arrow, from what I understand they're going to call it. And then what's what's the submission called? Oh, uh, it's a Rings of Saturn type thing. Yeah, yeah. and and then he he didn't tap. He was already out from the... Black Arrow, <laughs> and you yeah, know, and it just the submission was pretty much, you know. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a cool finishing sequence where it goes to like, you know, I hit you with my, I hit you with the the Red Arrow deal to the to your back, and then I, you know, I give you the the Ring of Saturn. Like I thought that was cool. Yeah, but it was like you could have just pinned him, <laughs> like because you know. Well he's, well, he's a bastard, so he wants to torture me. Yes, the pa- bastard Pac. That is true. That adds to his gimmick. And then, of course, uh, Earl. You know, they, uh, Earl Hebner called this match. Who, uh, my wife talk about Earl. My wife sent me a message, and I think this is for me. This is all I have to say. She's like, "Poor old man. He can barely get up and down." That was the message from my wife. That's where we're getting. That's what I was getting at. Like <laughs> he. It's like don't do pinfalls because Earl has to get down there. <laughs> Only submission matches. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's a I think that's gonna that could be an issue. And I mean, you can kind of see where he's sliding on these shows now. That where it's like he's not the league elite announcer. He, he's probably a third person. So they kind of they have him there because of the name recognition, but yeah, yeah. Um, and the nostalgia of the fact that you know, lot of shows he was like the rep. So. But he uh, he just can't move like he like he needs to or or like he used to anyway. Yeah, and it's just like I would I would do a thing with him. He would be the head of officials. Mm. So like if a controversial ending happens or something, you would then send Earl Hebner out and he would help the guy kind of thing instead of him actually calling a match. I'm like I'm not trying to tell a man he should retire retire when you want to, but you know. If you know my wife, who is not a hardcore wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and it took away from her experience, gotcha. Just imagine, you know, casual, you know, yeah. other fans. It's going to take away from their experience. Like she said, she wasn't paying attention to match because she was paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> I, I think it is a funny visual to think of him now. Is like, okay, you think of. When you watch the Fox broadcast NFL games, you have Mike Pereira, and then you yes. watch NBA games or think ESPN NBA games. You have uh, Steve Jabby. Whenever there's a, a, a disputable like replay call or whatever else, and they bring them, they go to the booth and understand you, and they ask for their opinions. Like that could be nice use of him, but I don't know if most if a lot of people actually want that in the wrestling. So they, might, they might you not. Know. You know, like when he did his nut shot, and you know you'd have. 
you know, have Ebner on the line. So, yeah. uh, Earl, what would you do? Then it's like he's like when you're wrestling and person grabs you and they put you in a position, you can't see it, you can't call it. You know, he would add to the kayfabe if that's I, if, if you wanted to go that far. You, I, I wasn't thinking in those terms. I was thinking more or less like, okay, yeah. if you don't have. If you're not going to do a, I own the company. I'm the chairman authority figure. Yeah. Right. Like a um, way to get around someone to basically like reverse a call or demand that it's going to be a rematch, something like that. Like you can have, you basically like that's your way around it to have some type of authority figure that can kind of right wrongs whenever the fans can be ripped. Or maybe this is going to be promotion where, like, we're not really going to be doing that sort of stuff that often to where it's not necessarily necessary, and if that's the case, God bless you, because I don't really want to see that shit anymore. Like, yeah. I love Regal, and I think Regal, you know, keeps it down. It, it, it does the job very well, and they use him very seldomly, like they should, but, like, even that job is unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, New Japan does it without anything. You know right. what I mean? It's like... It's the championship committee, blah blah blah. You don't need to, you know. Hey, you know, as as Paul Heyman says, you don't need to know how the food is cooked. You know, <laughs> just just serve me what you want. I don't need to know how. I don't. Uh, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a good match, but it's like yeah. my expectations were way too right. high. I was expecting more, but I don't. I couldn't tell you. And you said it. You gave me my answer. Because it was paced very slowly, and it was—it didn't feel like there was a time for the crowd to really get into the match. I think they were into it. I think, but it was, you know, more. Uh, no, but I think they were more sitting their hands, expecting more, and yeah. they just didn't get more because that's the match they they were going for. Yeah, we're about to talk about the next match, and that's what I was talking about. Like, but you know, when they were getting into a match, you could tell the difference. And on right. the next match, uh, did they do? Uh, I don't remember how it was formatted. Did they do the uh, little tag team interview at this point? Oh, with uh, with the SCU, SCU stuff. Yeah, yeah, we saw all of it. Yeah. Saw the saw the him doing the Obama impersonation, and then you know him coming out, Scorpio Sky coming out and saying like. Nah, you you old guys, you guys, you guys go be in this tag tournament. I'm gonna go single for you boys. But um, yeah, like that's uh, we saw. Yeah, and, and you know, and of course, Scorpio has always, from what I've heard from Cody and Brandy, they see Scorpio as the future. And it's funny because he's like 17 years into his career. Oh, you're the future, like dude. Dude's thirty five. <laughs> Future needs to be now. <laughs> so, he don't look thirty. He doesn't. I mean, you know, black don't crack, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, no. When I saw him, I thought he was like twenty. Right. I thought he was like twenty seven, twenty eight. I, I had, I like, I don't know the past history of Scorpio. You know, I first heard of him when he was a part of SCU. I didn't know him before then, and he was like, oh yeah, he's been wrestling since at the beginning with everyone and I'm like what that dude looks 10 years younger than everyone else that what really got me <laughs> when I I never even saw SU like full disclosure like I never watched Ring of Honor um seriously until uh um until really not I don't watch it to this day but like as far as like knowing any of the characters or characters of the wrestlers or anything like that like I did not do that until like the elite Cody really and then Supercard in New Orleans because Cody versus uh Kenny and then we get all in 
and then they come out for the pre-show, and I see this dude come out and say, and say, Chicago, this is the worst I've ever been in. And I was like, wait, what? 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 Why did the cop come for that? So, uh, when I found out that that dude, that Scorpio Sky, actually the dude that played Harold and, uh, and the Daniel Bryan and Kane and Grandstreet stuff, I was like, that dude has been around for a while. I had no idea this existed, and like, how come to be sign this dude? And now we're here, and it's like, if if, if they move him into a single spot, like, I think he will. I really do, because he's already old. Already, like, that's for half the battle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, like I said, it was like me, my first match with ROH was Cody's first match with ROH. He wow. wrestled uh, Jay Lethal. That wasn't like my first match ever, but I had been away for a long time. And, you know, when Cody came back against Jay Lethal, and then my last match that I watched in ROH was Cody when he wrestled Jay Lethal for the world title. I, I came with Cody and I left with him. So uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> you petty. I did. I was like, I came with him and I left with him. And, like, I went to the ROH G1 show because I had paid for my ticket already. So <laughs> I was like, hey, I already bought a ticket, so I'm going to go to the show. But uh, other than that, me and ROH, were, we were breaking up already. So, uh, But I discovered the SCU thing, uh, Kazarian and Daniels, and it was just – it was I always popped. And the first thing I thought was, like, when they got to AEW, I'm like, this is AEW's New Age Outlaws because <laughs> if you can, if you want to put them at the beginning of the show and pop the crowd, you can. If you want to put them in the middle of the show and pop the crowd, because the whole entrance, every part of it, is just over. So yeah, I think Rich made a mm-hmm. made a point one time. I thought it was a good point. Was is that like, I don't know, I don't know if he he was serious or he was halfway joking when he mentioned something on the lines of saying like. SEU should be in the opening match of every single Ring of Honor, or not Ring of Honor, AEW pay-per-view, like, until they can't do it anymore. And I was like, you know what, that's a good point. Like, they come out, they get their easy stuff, they have an easy match, the crowd loves them, and they can just go back and forth with whoever else to wrestle, whether it's the Strong Hearts or it's, uh, uh, was it a best, not best friends, a uh, private party last time. Like, yeah, like, it definitely makes sense. Uh, or even it was uh, the Lucha Bros that they, uh, that they did the stuff. With. Like, I think I think that yeah, that's a definitely uh, something they can do because they they have so much goodwill that like they can just be a gateway for a lot of you know acts that are kind of need to get you know to a certain spot or need to kind of get um, a spotlight shown on them. Like they're perfect people to do that with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they are the perfect people to do that with. They they pump the crowd up. The crowd loves them. They can lose, and it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> at all. You know, they can lose on them, lose, and right after the match, go SCU, and everybody's jumping right right back happy again. It's 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 they're they're that team that it's almost could be to their detriment that literally <laughs> they can lose every time and no one cares. <laughs> I, I think at this point it's not it's appropriate to mention like Daniels killed me every time he comes out with those goggles on. It's like what are yes. you what are you doing? Yes, <laughs> yes. and and then, then the mic cannot connect it to anything. That is yes, yes. yes he just yeah, full yeah. on, full on Freddie Mercury. Yes, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, the, so we get this. The they say they're the best tag team. Lucha Bros don't like what anybody says they're the best tag team, and, and then they fight, 
And I don't know. I came off on TV. I was too close. So it's like it's like I do my suspension to disbelief. But when you're so close and you see them, like it was a lame fight. Yes, it, it, it was, was like it was a lame fight. I was like, gonna say there was, a, there was a point where like Kazarian is is getting held back by literally nobody, and he doesn't move or do anything. And it's like oh, it's please. Yeah, I'm like watching. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, I'm watching it, and they're literally swinging at half speed, and it's like <laughs> normally I can't see it. You know, I like I say, I go into my suspension to disbelief mode. But when you're that close, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, no, yeah, like no, yeah. don't do this. I was hoping it played better on TV. It did not. It did not. It did not. Another part about it was the guy that got me just kind of me thinking out more. Uh, uh, or look, my eyes being drawn to other things is like the Lucha Bros came out and they came out with those jackets on and all the, and none of those jackets like looked like they were tailored fit well like they were like ill fitting they were like chopper jackets chopper suits like chopper chopper jackets so it's like oh man they, they they just got that from like they just got back from I don't know where they got those from but like they need to take those back so he threw it on there I was like eh, okay but you know. Uh, Eventually, I'm I don't know if it's foreshadowing or if this is going to be the final. You think that's what it was? Yeah, I, you know, I was like, I had my head on what the finals would be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I had my head on, uh, you know, what the finals would be, and that was not it. But it mm-hmm. kind of leads me to believe either it's going to be the finals or they're going to cause each other to lose to where they have a big match. I mean, because this is a, this is just the first time that they've had a you know some type of back and forth. Like they were yeah. doing, they had a back and forth that uh, the, yeah, when they brought out the ladders, you know, they yeah. won and brought up the ladders, and they said, you know, SCU cuts the promo, we respect you, but now we used to respect you, but now we don't. So it mm-hmm. looks like it's building to something that's going to be a tag feud outside of the tournament. Or I mean, if that's the final, yeah. they have all this stuff to go on. And yeah. look. I know. I, I think the main thing is people just are like, look, of course, the Young Bucks are going to uh, be the first champion. But it's like, if it's anybody but uh, the Young Bucks, then uh, Lucha Bros would make incredible first tag team champs. Like they're one of the best tag teams in the world. Yes. So, like for me, like if you ask me who want to see the tag team champions first ones, me is Lucha Bros, and it's like. Look, look, young bucks. You can make you can put yourself over anytime you want to. Like, kick it down the road, and make yourselves chase it. Either baby faces, please. Yeah, they're the first match next week with Private Party, and I'm like, man, could we see a Private Party upset? Which would be interesting. Uh, and you know, and and it's perfectly based on the ending of this show, which we'll get to. I mean, you could perfectly build that they're not a hundred percent going into next week. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they caught this beat down. Uh, yes. But the next match we got the women's title, Rio versus Nyla uh, Rose. And this is, it's funny, I'm going to tell you, I probably enjoyed this match the most. But I also had some of the problems with this match. And just being 100% honest, I really enjoyed the match, but, you know, there were some problems. So let's talk about it. What did you think of the in-ring work, sir? I thought it was slop. I thought it was <sighs> okay. So, um, I had not watched any Nyla Rose before uh, her eight before her um, appearance at AEW. 
Um, I have not seen any of her previous work, but um, I listened to Wrestling Omakase over on um, Voice of Wrestling. Uh, specifically, their stuff involving um, Joshi-related uh, stuff. Uh, they were a good reference for me to try to learn stuff about stardom and his history. Um, and they also did a year-end review. In their year-end review for 2018, for Joshi, they said, like, far as top gaijins, that uh, Rose Might was maybe the best gaijin last year. Um, which is this is high praise because that's Brie Priestley, that's, you know, Tony Storm, whenever she does her tours, from when she's not doing NXT UK stuff. That's Piper, Piper, um, all that stuff. So, you see the highlights that she has, her doing all types of flippy type stuff, or some flippy type stuff. You see her size, you see, and then you watch her matches. And I feel like we have a future great wrestler, but right now we only have somebody that is good at certain things, mostly high spots, but someone that's not there completely as far as, you know, the, the more mundane stuff in, in the wrestling ring. And I kind of feel that from this match. I also felt that from the uh, triple threat match that uh, those two had also with uh, Yuka Sakazaki involved where there are certain points where it just wasn't really working that well in, until all of a sudden there's a big spot and then like the end of the match is great. I don't know how they're able to make these the end of the matches great but the, the, the first third and the middle third is kind of just there or it's kind of not on point the way it should be. I, I don't know maybe it's the mix of the game all right so uh james uh you kind of cutting out there so i'm just gonna fill in he was like the first to middle part of the match was kind of slow and he was uh thinking the last part was kind of great james you there now yeah can you hear me okay yeah let's talk one more time so i'm just make sure it's there yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, you're clear now. You had started fading out there, so I just wanted to make yeah. everybody know yeah. what you were saying. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if I went on a huge. I went on a huge field basically saying like I've heard a bunch of good things about Lionel Rose, but I never saw it except for the AEW stuff. And the AEW stuff, like she's really good at certain things, especially like high spots. But like a lot of the other stuff, she's kind of like feels like her. She's kind of like um, not as aggressive as she should be, or is kind of um, hesitant. And I don't know why, because like once these matches start hitting, like she's she's very good. So I don't I don't know what it is, but she has these kind of uneven performances so far in AEW. But I mean, the crowd, the interval matches are really good. So it's like, you know, these are um, feels like nitpicking. Yeah. So it's like uh, the way I see it, I I watch her and I like her. And I mm-hmm. like, like I've met her. She's awesome. I, I want to say that's all outside. But when I see in the ring, it's just a lot of it. I don't mind everything not looking clean and beautiful. I think that adds to the, you know, the realness of wrestling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like it to look. But sometimes the sloppiness that that's there kind of takes me out of the match. I'm with you. So at the beginning of this match, it was just like it was a couple missed things that was just like. It was like, okay, where it was like almost like waiting on, you know, you know, like if he went off the way it was supposed to go off, it seems like it would have been much more impactful, you know, mm-hmm. but shit happens, you know, and like she comes off as green yep. and 
And I'm like, I'm only talking about her performance. That's all I care about. I don't care right. about anything else. I don't care about her performance. And then she just comes off as green. So I take that and I think, you know what made me I'm overly critical? My wife. I always say this. My wife, you know, she she likes, she'll watch wrestling with me. She was watching the show because I was there, right? She saw, sends, sends me the message. Nyla Rose is not a very good wrestler, is she? Mm. This is novice eyes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you know yeah. these are the people that you're trying to get to watch your show. She was a really big fan in the Attitude Era. You know, and she she started kind of paying more attention because, you know, we dated and, you know, got married. But she doesn't watch wrestling when I'm not here. So she turns on the wrestling and she messages me in the middle of the match. Nyla Rose is not a very good wrestler, is she? Um, <laughs> I'm just I, 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 I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, but. I wouldn't say that she is a very good wrestler either. I would say that she is. I would say that she's good at certain things, but she's not good at others. And some of the things she's not good at. I, I would say that the things that she's good at are things that I care more about as a person is trying to see really good matches. So um, I think there's stuff that she can uh, improve, right? Like, you know, th- like being or having the gumption or the, the, um, or being able to build towards that spot where she does the, the flip onto the onto the uh, table or not the tables but the chairs like there are a lot of wrestlers who just ain't gonna do that. that yeah. like, she's not like she has a willingness a want to to have a good match and like that's that's for me like that's half the battle. So like I feel like you can I feel like you know we talk about like people like Mark Henry like the Hall of Pain we talk about like the Miz in 2016 like. If you get enough reps and you give a damn, you eventually will get good enough or figure out a match that will work for you. Braun Strowman, another example, right? Like, you will figure out how to make stuff work for you. Like, she already has enough of that figured out to where, like, I'm not really concerned. But, like, right now, she's just not as good as someone like Riho yet. And I'm not even necessarily saying that Riho is, like, the greatest uh, women's wrestler in the world either. But um, she has she, she has room for improvement, and I think she'll get it. Yeah, and you know what? And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, acknowledging someone can get better. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. can get better. And I thought she did really well in this match. And it's like, to me, I, you know, I am from the Cody school of logic. I love, you know, I love a good five-star match. But if the crowd's into it, it was a good match. And yeah. the last half, the finishing stretch, however you want to define it on this match, the crowd reacted to everything. Yeah. They didn't want Rio to win. They needed Rio to win. <laughs> and that is your job as a heel. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, think, I think that we're at a point where, like, the wrestling around the world is so good and there's so much of it that, like, it, it's kind of like, you know, there is a feeling of four stars get the fuck out. And uh, I, I believe that, like, there is – it's okay to have a three-and-a-half-star match. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. So, like, that's if you asked me for my rating on the match, like, I would have gave that three and a half, and I would have called it a day. So it's like that's not like a three and a half star match on TV. Like, you get you know if you watch if you watch other wrestling products around the world, like for t- their TV, their weekly episode of television, wink nudge nudge wink wink. Like, you might get one or two of those a, a show if you're lucky. So. I I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah, in a lot of ways they stole the show because 
there was no match that anybody was hotter for than this match. The car, like I said, it was like I forgot what move it was. Uh, I think uh, Nyla, she never got her power bomb off, but she hit a big move, and in the right Rio kicked out, and the whole side where the camera was jumped up. At the yeah, same. it was like a, I think it was like a DVD. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was like she hit the big move and everybody jumped up because they needed Rio to win this match. A person yeah. that a lot of people didn't go in the match knowing who the hell she was. You know what I mean? So, because, I mean, I'm sure that, I'm, I'm sure you're right about that, but she's been on every single one of these shows, right? But, but yeah. Or maybe just one? Yeah, but let's say there, there's 14,000. I'd say about 8,000 were the hardcores. Gotcha. Uh, like the people in front of me, like the whole row in front of me, bought. They said they bought their tickets on the way to the event, and they were literally asking me who people were. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I think, I think it was just an easy. I yeah. think it's just an easy story. Yeah. So where, you know, it's it, it's it's you know, it's David versus Goliath. Yeah. Right. So like, it's, it's always going to translate. You're always rooting for the. And you're always hoping for the that, you know, that underdog to come through. And like, you know, I think you know Hogan just. Hogan, for example, just kind of like threw it all off where like he was really sort of the one of the first gi- gigantic baby faces that, you know, was bigger than their opponents. Um, and he just had to be so charismatic that like it worked. But like there's a long history of smaller or not small, but like heels being bigger than baby faces. And they and, you know, they outwork them through just, you know, sheer, sheer will and, and skill. Yeah. So. In this situation, like, you know, I thought he had a good story in place where, you know, they do the deal where real almost uh, gets her over with, like, a back body drop to collapse underneath the weight. And then eventually it leads to a, you know, she actually does, she's actually able to get her off of the top rope in, uh, with a, I think, a, I think it was a normalized suplex or official suplex off, off the middle rope, like, uh, for a near fall, a great near fall. So I think, I think it was all there. It's just, not just five hit spots. Yeah, and it was it was like I said, uh, Rio hits the double. She was it a meteor or like almost like a Kinshasa? I don't know. <laughs> okay, Michael, they're just running double knees. Was it running double knees? Okay, yeah. She she hit and she pins uh, Nyla, and I love and this is one of those things I've always loved when the referee hits the three and then you kick out like you barely you barely got the person. That is so lost in wrestling these days to me. It's like I almost think like any long-term champion, anybody that's been a champion for a year, that's almost how they should lose. And, of course, you don't want to overuse it. But the fact that it went three and then Nyla kicks out, I'm like, oh, she barely got her. And it just it added to the emotion of the match. And Rio won. And Michael Nakazawa was coming in to present, present the belt. Nyla attacks uh, her. Uh, Nyla attacks uh, Rio, and then she uh, puts she, Michael Nakazawa picks a power bomb, and it's like this is supposed to be like a simple, you know, power move, and you know she stutters on the first one and almost drops him, and yeah. it's like I, I get it, wrestling's hard. Don't believe <laughs> me, I'm not telling anybody I can do it, but I'm the I'm the person watching it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. if, and if it takes you out, it's like. Okay, so, yeah, it's like she hits that the first time clean. It's like Nyla comes off as this monster and powerful, but then she drops him, then picks him up and hits him, and it still looks cool, but it's like it's like if you're watching a dunk contest and someone misses the first two dunks and then they finally get on right. the third dunk. Okay, it was impressive, 
But it took you three times to do it, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, it was impressive. Right. Look, yeah. all the dunk con- or you know, every <laughs> yeah. other year there's a dunk contest, and we were just like, that. the dunk contest is a dead concept. And why? It's because a bunch of dudes having to, you know, get the do the dunk they're trying to do on the fifth try. So yeah. you're right. I get yeah. you. Yeah, so, so it's was, it was like, it was cool, but it wasn't as cool as it could have been. And then Kenny comes out and, you know, stops Nyla from uh, messing with Rio, which is like, I heard a lot of people speculating. So are we going to get Kenny and Nyla now? And I'm like, dude, just because people have a face-to-face off at some point <laughs> doesn't mean they're going to wrestle. <laughs> well, I thought I thought that that maybe could have happened. I mean, it maybe could happen. Uh, Tony's been very... Tony Khan's been very open about he doesn't plan on intergender wrestling to happen. So I just I just don't get why they even did all of that after you just crowned your first champion and you need to beat her down. Like, yeah. and then have her saved. It's yeah. like okay, so she's the first woman's champion, so she and so let what we do. Let's make immediately make her damsel in distress. And Kenny has to say. Yeah, my whole thing was like I really thought that and I and I know WWE like the SmackDown was this week and they were bringing in all their legends. But I was like, why not have Medusa or some you know legends of women's wrestling present the title? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Medusa was at, was in full sale. That's why. Exactly. They were all they were all under on, on the payroll. They couldn't get anybody. And I was just like, why couldn't we just have it present? the title and then Nyla leave and you know just be about the champion at that point but right. I, I guess Nyla is one of those people that fans have been rooting for lately and I think they wanted to drive home the fact that going forward she's a heel um I mean yeah, yeah that's that's um that, that, that's, that's, that's the way to look at it and that, I can see I can see the logic behind that um but I think we both wanted the same thing. I just wanted to give her the belt. She celebrates. Nyla goes to the back. And if you're going to do something later, then great. But let the champion be about being the champion because Jericho won his title. He got to walk back and celebrate. Why didn't Rio get that same thing? I'm not saying everything has to be equal or whatever, but I'm just saying she should have had her moment. Right. And I, I I think the thing is, like, for me, it's, I didn't care who won, whether it was Nyla or it was Riho. Yes. But it's your first champion. Like, can they? Can the? Can your first champion walk out tall? Yeah. I, that's it. I mean, that's really all it came down to. Like, if you want to establish um, um, Nyla as a heel, cool. You know what would really help help establish her as a heel? Her being her immersively and beating her. Yeah. Yeah. Could done that too. Yeah. Um. Like I mean, I feel like this is this is unnecessarily like splitting the baby. Like they wanted Nala to be established as now a bad person, and they also wanted Rio to win. It's like you could have just shown either or, and I think that was more effective going either route. Yeah. Uh. I do. I do. I was actually rooting for Nyla. So when Rio won, I was like, oh, the kind of air let out of me. But it was like I was like, okay, this is sports based. That's all they said. A sports like presentation. I figured, you know champion walks out the ring the champion but hey i it's probably leading to somewhere else and i'm i am with this company i'm like hey i'm gonna give it time to establish itself i'm not gonna be like jumping and rabble 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 off of everything that i might have done differently because i don't know what it's leading to so uh but yeah uh rio's champion 
great thing about it, she's so small. She's always going to be the underdog in her matches, so she'll be a very beatable champion. Uh, how did Britt Baker do on commentary if you even paid attention to her? Um, she was kind of just there. Um, th- there was a there was one um, character or not character like but like a storyline or mini story that they have for her was that um, Mitch, they mentioned how she was a dentist or how she had to um, you know go eight years for her to get her uh, you know degrees to become a uh, a dentist and then. Uh, one of them, I think it may have been Ross, uh, may have mentioned like, you know, so that means that like you're, you know, you're persistent, you, you know, this isn't a short of, of, of like the, your drive isn't like, um, easily thrown off. Like you were determined and like, you're willing to more or less say like you're willing to chase, right. For your goal, which is more like nudge no doing, she took her eight years to get a degree. She'll, you know, she, and then she mentioned on lines like, yeah, but I hopefully it's not as long as eight years, you know, to mention the company a champion so but aside from that she's more or less just there for the ride i mean um yeah she was there for the ride you know people were killing her talking about how she was so you know how how, you know she was barely there but i'd rather be barely there than like bad so i kind of think it's there so that's fine okay all right well, yeah, I like. Of course, I didn't hear. Her. I mean, she came out and she she is presented as a star, definitely. Uh, she, I think, when it comes to the women, she's probably presented the best as a star. Uh, so uh, we want to see where that goes from there. And like I said, uh, Rio is so small that like you can put her in matches against anybody, and it's always she's gonna always be the underdog. So she's always gonna have that good story, which is cool. Um, you are our social suplexes kind of resident Josie Josie expert. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, yeah. So no. Let's so no. I just want to say. I just. I. I literally want to like when the few Josie messages I've watched, which mm-hmm. I am no. I'm a novice at best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so, I when they're hitting each other, you know they make a lot more noise. You know. Oh, like, you're screaming their heads off. Like yeah, yeah. they're screaming their heads off. Yeah. Why don't they seem to do that in AEW? Do you know if there's a is it a, like a production thing or what? Because um, I I think it adds to Josie matches. Oh yeah, like I mean, um, like outside of me personally, um, this year like I I picked up Stardom and like it's one of my better wrestling experiences of my life. Um, and they're big and they're they're big matches are like so emotional and and uh. It's a visceral reaction because you see these women basically, like these women, they're like, you know how you feel like in a big New Japan match, how you feel like, like let's say it's Ishii or it's, uh, or it was Kenny when he's fighting for against um, Okada, and it felt like this person is willing to, it almost feels like they're almost willing to die to win this, to win or the level of desperation, um, to win and not be put away to survive and live on and can continue the fight at time when you know, like. It's that plus, like with the, with with the screaming at it, like it feels you get that same exact feeling in these matches, right? So, like um, you mentioned earlier about how there was a great uh, three count um, about kicking out at three, basically, and then the match continues. The great, the best uh, near fall I've seen this year was the Stardom, where um, it was uh, Hazuki versus. Arisa Hoshiki, it was from the, I think it was a Hurricane Hall show, uh, I want to say July. I think it's July. So, 
Match done. They kicked. They they didn't kick at three. They kicked in like three point one. And but they but anyway, like they uh, and I was furious because personally I wanted to desperately and not winning. But um, just just as far as like that desperation, like just yelling and screaming, like you feel like you feel like every single match at the time. And you're right, like that definitely does add to it. And I thought I thought the first that um match I had Asia Kong and Rio Ami like uh and Hiroshida and Amy Sakura. I thought that match had some of that, but it wasn't that same level. And a lot of that match was, you know, um, typical or kind of in and out stuff, kind of like exhibition more than actually like personal, interpersonal type of thing. So maybe that's the reason why they didn't go, you know, take it to that level. But um, yeah, in the future, I think that's what it, uh, they should go. Like, um, I think the crowd would definitely uh, Dylan, I mean, they're so open to this crowd, so open to almost anything that uh, that they uh, talents do. That yeah. um, I think I think that's something we need to. But I don't think. I mean, aside from the Riho and the qualifying that Riho and Karoshita, uh, that's that's really like the only place I felt like the one on one. Yeah. Okay. Like I think I think that's kind of I think they should probably stay this up one if they do it, but like that's a that's the one time I can point to where like there was opportunity to really do that and it really didn't happen. Okay. It kind of Okay. Okay. Like I said, I just wanted to know your thoughts on it because you know uh, a lot. You know, Joshi they the represent bringing Joshi representation to America is. Very much Kenny's action plan for the women's division, so that's what he wants to do. And I'm like, I, you know, what I've liked, what I've seen, I've liked every time. It just like it just felt, it kind of felt toned down when I saw it in AEW. And I'm like, dude, I need you to turn that volume all the way up because <laughs> it, it is kind of it is kind because that's how but, I got in. Like even the matches, like the matches I've seen. I didn't even know who the good guy and the bad person was t- turning on the match, but by the end, I had a person I was rooting for because it it it, it brings you in. So I was like, yeah, yeah. It, it, I didn't get that same kind of brought in. But in this Rio Nyla match, yeah, that last ten minutes, man, every move people were hanging on, and I just I was so impressed. I was so impressed. I was like, it was like that's why I was like when I was being critical about Nyla, I was like, I felt bad because. The match did what it was supposed to do. Right, you know? it definitely got there emotionally. <laughs> and I, mean, I think it, I def- it definitely helps because of that story they had because of the size dis- disparity. But oh, and another thing, I Jim Ross, whenever Riho's on there, or Riho or Yuka or someone that's small, is, a small woman is in there, he bangs on the size disparity. And then when Nyla's in there, it's always it's a or, or Asia Kong, it's a big woman. Like chill, Jim. Like. Pretty much every, pretty much anything else that Jim does during his AEW uh, broadcast, I really haven't much of a problem except for like just banging over and over and over on people's on people's head like the side spirit. Like we get it, we know that's a story. Shut, let it breathe. Like we see the differences. Like just go from there. Like it's cool to mention it one time, but not we don't need it five times in the span of you know two minutes. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, I've heard. Different things about the commentating. I heard some people's like it was a very nostalgic view and they loved it. 
I've heard some <laughs> people say it seemed second class and they hated it. And then I've heard everything in between. I've heard people like, uh, again, I asked, asked the wife how she felt about it. And she was like, I mean, she was like, it was good hearing JR on commentary. And that mm-hmm. was her thing. She was like, it was comfortable. That's, that's who was commentating when I watched wrestling last. So that's who's commentating now. It just feels like nothing's changed to that point. And I'm like, you're going to get everybody. I know there's people out there that hate commentators. They do. They like every, They have a problem with every commentator they hear. You know, um, with me, I don't know if it's because, like, I used to, like, <laughs> back in the day, like, I used to, like, watch New Japan matches, like, off of, off Daily Motion and just, like, watch, like, the illegal, or, you know, watch them illegally, basically, and, like, I only had the Japanese commentary, or it's because Stardom has no commentary, except for, uh, or at least not on the streaming site. So, like, for me, like, I can just deal with just silence, just watch the match, just focus, laser focus myself. Or, or you know, just listen to the emotion of the uh, of the foreign language broadcasters. But like, I like Mauro in a big match um, a lot. Nigel, Nigel Lamar, I loved him in a big match. Uh, Ross, I like Ross still to this day, except for like times when he'll get annoyed by like the way that wrestling has evolved from the eighties and seventies, eighties, nineties. Like you, you can see, you can almost you can hear him at times. He didn't do this on this broadcast, but like, you know, previous shows when he's talking about Darby Allen, like, you know, trying to kill himself, like, you just kind of hear him kind of say, like, he doesn't bury him in the way that, like, other people would, other older uh, announcers would, but he's kind of like, you know, are you sure you should be taking this kind of risk? Like, this show was, like, the most toned, the most he ever, just, like, laid off any of the stuff that the, the, the talent was actually doing. He was more just going with the flow. So, it definitely made me I thought this was the best it his best performance on any of the AEW broadcast. Um, I, I like commentary. Like I, for me, most, most commentary is I don't really focus on the stuff they do well most of the time. I mostly, like only notice stuff when it's like annoying or it's bad. So I didn't really pick up on anything that was bad from them. So I, I thought, you know, I guess that means I'll give them a thumbs up. Or I don't know, but I mean, I don't really scour around people that talk about like the, how bad commentary is. Like, yeah. The critiques I heard is, yeah, like JR, uh, just like it, it sounded second, like I think they said second class that hmm. they didn't have their chemistry down. And I was like, I was like, it's funny because, you know, when it comes to certain things, you generally get, you do get a lot of extremes, but I got so many varied answers. I was like, I'm huh. going to have to watch it because I don't, yeah. I don't know where to yeah. go yeah, I think you have to go back and watch it and, f- and figure out what you know yeah. what you found to be valid. Because like for me, for the most part, I thought it felt like they kind of um, didn't talk over each other a lot, which is a good thing for commentary. Like I, especially with the three man three person booth, because you know you'll watch um, WWE and WWE almost feels like it's almost like they tell their their announcers like we have to fill every single moment with sound like we can never let there be a dead sound like yeah. we can never let pe- them hear what the crowd how the crowd sounds or not or maybe they're you know i don't know but i i thought that they did a job letting this crowd letting like people feel the crowd at times letting them they you know they didn't talk with each other and i felt like they kind of complimented each other um as far as uh i thought i thought um excalibur was good in his role like he always is so I thought it was a good job for the most part. 
Yeah, uh, okay. That, that makes sense. I love Excalibur. I love JR for a long time. I'm like, JR only pissed me off on the New Japan stuff. Uh, the, uh, I mean, like, seriously, that was the <laughs> only other. I had never, like, I I mean, I'm one of the. JR's from Oklahoma. He's <laughs> the guy that never wrestled, but, you know, commentated. He's like everything I wanted to be when I grew up. So JR was like. <laughs> So when you hear him calling a wrestling match and he literally sounds disinterested in burying the match, that kind of hurt, you know, like kind of broke yeah. the little guy inside of me. They just like, this guy just loves wrestling as much as I do. And it was like, well, do you not love wrestling anymore? It was, it was, it was basically finding out Santa Claus wasn't real for a second. Oh man. man. <laughs> it was like, it hurt. It was like, dude, come on, where's they are. Uh, so then, so we get to the main event, which, uh, yeah, I got some questions. I got some questions okay. on this main event because we get into it and the Bucks come out. And I didn't get any pictures of the Bucks coming out because I was too busy grabbing the young Bucks off the ground. And then, you know, Kenny came out with them. You you and didn't really pick up that money, that I, fake money. I picked up the fake money because I knew my friends would want it. Like, I had it from the last time, but I knew a lot of my friends are young Bucks fans. As much as, you know, young Bucks are part of the elite and I love them, they're not my favorite tag team. You know, I mean, they're great, mm-hmm. but they're not my favorite tag team. So I picked it up because I knew a lot of my friends would want it. And, yeah, a lot of people have been hitting me up, like, send me one of these, send me one of these. And I was like, I got you. So I did that. And then uh, Jericho and uh, <laughs> uh, Jericho <laughs> came out. Jericho, dude, he's over. He's so, so, so. I mean, I mean, he's that GOAT level. Like, they were just booing you for beating up Cody, and now everybody's singing along to your song, and just, it's, it's, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's like, Jericho comes out, it's, seriously, a rock star is coming out. You know, he's the, he's the inverse of Cody, <laughs> you know, it's like, they, so you can definitely tell that they hate each, you know, that kind of thing, and he comes out, and of course, you know, you talk about the rub, you got LAX or Proud and Powerful. Power, I don't know what they're going to be called, but they were just Santana uh, and Santana or Ortiz. Or, yeah, I'm going with San. I'm going with Ortiz and Santana. I'm not calling them P and P. Like I, I, uh, I believe Caleb told me about their name, and I was like, no, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was in that conversation. I'm the one that told yeah. Caleb, and he said, yeah. that's stupid. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, like I've heard worse. Not- <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the joke I made was like that sounds like the name that like that sounds like the last name that Vince crossed off before he decided to call Mo and Mabel men on a mission men on yeah. mission. Like I'm just not not I'm not with it. Yeah, PMP. It, it, it's like Tony's Tony was like, hey, what do you want to be called? And he's like proud and powerful. Oh, okay, we're gonna call you Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not doing that. We're not doing that name. <laughs> that sounds like as you said, like a '90s WWE tag team name. Uh, but. They come out and they're looking awesome, and they start the match, and the match is going on like well. And again, this is a new company, this is a new league, so we don't really know the rules. So we get we got Santana and I believe uh, Santana and Omega start. They wrestled. They're doing all their spots, and at this one point, Kenny's about to do the. I guess it's called the Rise of the Terminator, right? Yeah, he, yeah. And he's getting up, and John Marksley just comes in and attacks him, and the yeah. referee sees him. Yeah, and he looks at him, mm-hmm. and everybody's waiting for the DQ to happen. Everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, 
<laughs> I have two things, and this was and this is clearly this is all done the attempt to get a shot. Like when those guys both all get sent out of the ring, like they are towards the the side of the ring that is the entrance, right? The wide side, so the side that people want to do dives by because obviously you don't want to dive into a barricade, especially a non WWE barricade where it's just, that's just metal railing that's loose, kind of right. So they're over on that side and then they pretend, I mean, they zoom in quick before you ever see whatever happens to the bodies as if like the bodies magically move to the camera side. So he's going to dive towards the camera side and like they zoom in tight. So you're like, okay, something's about to happen. And then sure enough, you hear the crowd pop and you're like, okay, somebody's about to enter this thing. And all of a sudden you see Mox and you're like, oh, that's what they did. And I'm like, I feel like that's kind of contrived, whatever. It, it it worked in the, it worked for the moment in the crowd and it got a great shot for TV, um, so whatever. But um, they start brawling outside. You mentioned the thing. I'm I, I, at this point. I'm at a point with uh, AEW where like they're just almost like New Japan, where or they just the refs are will let virtually anything slide because they don't want to call a DQ on anything. So whether that's uh, Nyla Rose grabbing a chair. Saying, being told that she would be DQ'd in the match, and then like grabbing more chairs, and then trying to, you know, flip dive onto uh, Rio, or it was, it's a, it's a six man ladder or six man tag match. One person's got whooped on by a foreign party. We're just going to continue that one as a two on three um, handicap match. I'm just assuming these refs are just like that's story. Now, that's how I'm doing it in my own head cannon, but. They eventually need to say, like, have a sit-down with a ref or it's Aubrey Edwards or whoever else to say, like, what's the mentality on these refs letting stuff go and say explicitly, like, you know, we don't want to DQ anything. We want to, we want these matches. To, we want a winner and a loser, so we'll let some stuff go from time to time. To And that's how that's an easy way to explain it, right? Yeah. They have yet to do that. And, you know, some of these matches, like, uh, even before even before this moment, like, there have been kind of problems for me. Like when they did the Cody versus uh, the Young Bucks match, I was kind of like, at certain points, I was like, why did this? Why was this? Let why was this allowed to slide? Are they treating us like they're New Japan refs, or are they not? Are is like, what are the rules? I don't know the rules. No one explained the rules. They need to tell us the rules. Yeah, and and that's what I was saying. Like I didn't see like most of the until it got to the back and it was up on the big screen or whatever so i missed a lot of the few uh battle but then i saw him go through the glass and i'm just like so what's gonna happen because my head's going back and forth and then the match just keeps going as a handicap match and i'm just like that doesn't make any sense because all intents and purposes jericho could have had moxley come out there so they could then be in a handicap match Right. And so, okay, the match continues a handicap match. They're going for their, they're going for the big move, um, the, uh, what's the t- indie taker? Um, and they're going for that move or the best Meltzer ever. Not the best. I don't know. None Meltzer, of the Young moves are. Like, they got so many. Um, it's called the Meltzer in- driver. Meltzer okay. driver. Okay. They're going for the Meltzer driver. Jericho hits the, uh, Jericho hits the code breaker and then, I think he Judas affects one of them, and they pin him. Yes, and uh, and then there, everybody starts coming out. So Cody comes out to help, and then Sammy comes out to attack Cody. Then kicked him in the dick. Yeah, and he kicked him in the dick. Then Dustin comes out. He kicks Sammy in the dick, and then yeah. we get 
the big debut. You knew there was going to be one. You knew something was going to have to happen. And when we got the former All-American, American, American, Oklahoma's own Jack Hager. Or Jake Hager. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Jake Hager. He used to be Jack Swagger. Now he's Jake Hager. And from what I can, what I was told, they they never talked about him being in the WWE. They focused on the undefeated Bellator Bellator superstar Jake Hager. Is that yep. what you got? Yeah, yeah. They didn't. They never mentioned anything about WWE. They only mentioned that he was in Bellator, which is like okay, cool, because he still is in Bellator and he's um, undefeated, and then that's all good. Yeah, fighting two, you know, two tomato cans, but yeah. Hey, you know what? You know, people don't understand, man. As much as putting people over having job matches in uh job matches in MMA is just as important as having job matches in wrestling. Problem is sometimes the people lose their job matches. <laughs> is, is this a CM Punk joke? Yeah, no. Uh I it wasn't, but hey, it fits. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it wasn't. I'm just like I've seen it happen where it was like they put Brock Lesnar in there with Frank Mir, and they just expected you know Frank Mir had lost like eight matches at the time, so they just thought Brock Lesnar was gonna get on him and ground a pound, and then Frank Mir taps him out, and they was like that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, well, they did, well I mean that, that all came down to training, right? Like so, eventually, like once you went figure out what to look out for, like that didn't happen in that rematch. Yes, <laughs> like, he did, yeah, here. he just beat him crap out of him. But I'm just saying, sometimes in your job matches, yeah. <laughs> you lose. So uh, in this case, so you get Hager in there, and he's he's looking like looking like him, big and athletic, yeah. and of course he looks special because. He's freakishly large compared to everybody else in the company. I think it's him and Luchasaurus, you know, that are that six five to six 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 seven range. So yeah, and he definitely looks special in uh, that uh, company. So he goes through and they land everybody out, and that's how it ends. I mean, the beatdown goes on for about five ten minutes. Old school, very much felt like that old school NWO end of the show beatdown. <laughs> No, okay. I can't I can't go that far because like it wasn't a situation to where uh that when the match ended because normally NWO end of the night like it's just like just running like 5 minutes into the main event and then people are throwing beer and, and garbage into into the ring. So like I can't say I won't go that far, but the fact that there's it appears to be a new established faction um there that, that you know um I think that's a nice um it, it was the whole dragging of the bodies on top of each other that gave oh, okay. that, that real NWO feel. Okay. Like the okay. five guys were stacked on top of each other. <laughs> and I'm like, and, they, and Jericho like sticks his foot on top of them. That just, that just bled Hulk Hogan about the, I was just waiting for the spray can to come out and he oh, just paying somebody's back. I just, I thought it was cool. You know, I, I've always said the one thing that AEW is good in their first four shows you know, when they need that nostalgia thing, they do it. It's not too heavy. It's just enough where if you watch wrestling, you're like, okay, that's what they're doing. And Jack Swagger was Lex Luger, you know, in this case. You know, the next Luger at the end of Nitro. And, and then and then they gave us another little nostalgia plug with the whole piling up all the, you know, faces on the ground and the heels winning. And, you know, you know a lot of shows don't end like that anymore. 
You know, even in WWE, you know, somehow the face gets the better, you know. But in this case, it's like the heels just won, and then they walked off. And I thought it was a perfect ending to the show. It was a high ending to the show. I was very satisfied with how it ended. Yeah, I like the show. Um, if I had to give it a letter grade, I'd probably give it, I don't know, A-. Minus. Uh, and, the, and the minus would probably be like, okay, so you talked about how you um, – you are a person that cheers for the baby faces and and um and cheers against the heels, right? Yeah, especially at shows. At you know, at home, I do my own thing, but at shows, I uh, I, I try to keep up with what they want us to do. Okay, so for me, like I am a person that desperately wants baby faces um uh, to go over or not be embarrassed or treated like I want I want them to be treated like the stars that they're supposed to be to make the show work. Like they're the protagonists of the show. Like what the fuck am I watch or am I tuning in for? This is to follow their journey and their path and whatever obstacles are thrown away and if they can or cannot overcome them. Like so for me on this show, like I were there any like I mean the closest thing we had to a, a segment kind of ending, I, I felt like there was too much heat. Long, long story short, I don't want to get too far to it, but like, I felt like the show had too much heat, especially when like WWE has a problem with too much heat too. And also like, I'm not going into the, the fact that their uh, baby face making factory has completely been broken for years. But uh, like I watched a lot of American wrestling and like, I'm watching NXT and it's great wrestling, but like every single champion is a heel right now. Like, I just want some baby faces. I just want some. Baby, I, I just want like a show that's like a little less heat. Not just like instead of just being like burnt up, you know, third to the third degree. Like, can it just be one degree of heat or can it be two degrees of heat? And like, I know that this is meant to. Uh, for the first episode, this is meant to build, and the heat is meant to add for a payoff. And AEW pretty much is sort of pretty much they should have the benefit of the doubt because they have uh, they have um, they should have the goodwill from they put on these shows and they uh, deliver what they uh, advertise and promise. But at the back of my mind, I'm still like, this is an American wrestling promotion. When am I going to get screwed over and not get what I, you know, or get most of what I, you know, um, invest my invested into this and like. When I watched the first show and it had so much heat, I'm thinking like, okay, there better be, there better damn well be some payoffs eventually, right? So that's that's kind of that's, that kind of has my guard up a little bit because I'm I'm you know I've been treated so poorly elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can definitely understand. I can definitely understand. Like I said, it was really um, I under I think they wanted to establish that this was this show and I and you correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, was not about a vanity project for the elite. And, right, if you, right. you, and if you look at it, Cody won, then got his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hangman flat out lost. The Bucks, right. Bucks and Kenny lost. You know, Kenny gets his ass kicked. So, okay, this is not an elite vanity project. So they, they, they might have went too, a little too strong with that, but they wanted it known that this is, wasn't just going to be a lead vanity project. Yeah. And that's what this, this first show seemed to be about. And I thought, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and again, you look at, I even said, you look at things in a way I didn't even see it. I didn't even think of all the heat in this show. And I'm like, yeah, that was all overabundance of heat in this show. Well, <laughs> I didn't really feel it 
<laughs> until I noticed that I was like, once the Riho beatdown happened with Nyla and then Kenny had to make the save, I was like, wait, why would he? That I don't. Are they going? Is this building towards a match with an uh, intergender match? No, it's not. Okay, or probably not. So, what was the point of doing it to your first inaugural women's champion? And then they and then the baby, the the uh, the elite got their ass kicked in, and I was like, okay. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, wait a second. Like almost every single like was there a single like baby face that was able to succeed and then walk away in the whole show? And it was like, no. All right. Well, like, all right. That's that's noted. Um, and you know, hopefully they'll, and I'm, I'm gonna keep track of, or not keep track, but like, I'm definitely keep it in the back of my mind in the future going forward. And because I mean, they've had great moments, right? So I'm not, um, as far as baby faces, whatever. So I'm not really, um, that I'm not really that it's just that te- that night is like the first night and like immediately all heat. And I was like, all the other shows that I have to watch have all heat too. So it's like, okay, so that's kind of the same. That's all. Yeah. So. Cody, uh, yeah, so that was the end of the show. There were some dark matches. I was going to talk about the dark matches. That was my original goal. But I found out we're going to get them for free, so I don't want to spoil them. So, okay. Yeah, so uh, I'll let everybody. Uh, Tony uh, came out. He's like, yes, there will be a way to see these dark matches for free eventually. So th- there's no point in me spoiling them because you'll get to see them. Uh, I can just tell you Darby Allen. Uh, Darby Allen and Shima performed. Uh, then uh, SCU wrestled Jurassic Express, which was a cool match. We got B Priestley. She came in the country, and she was with uh, with uh, she was with Penelope Ford. They wrestled Britt Baker and uh, Allie, and uh, then there was a four way uh, uh, eight man tag, and it was the Lucha Bros with Jack Evans and Angelico versus Private Party, and. I cannot remember for the life of me. Um, was it best friends? Yes, best friends because they did, okay. did they did the hug. Uh, so yeah, so those were those were the people in the dark matches. But you can see who won. You know, AEW will be putting that stuff out there eventually. But what, yeah, that was, was there. Quick question: Was there any? Um, did Tony mention anything about like the matches, the dark matches being aired later? Like, will they actually be official record or those just exhibitions? They will be aired later, and they will count. Mm, okay. So, um, uh, yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, what was that? what was I thinking of? Oh yeah, I'm actually mad that they're gonna air because if I'm on TV at any point doing the dark matches, you're gonna see a dude about sleep. I was, a, <laughs> I was that two hours was emotionally enough for me. I was uh-huh. done. <laughs> I was done. I was watching him, and I watched him, and I can tell you what happened in each match. But it was very much with a glazed over look on my face. The, uh, I took a caffeine pill and a Red Bull like right before the show, and it wore off. It was I was done. I was I, I I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> I, I I flew into I left Oklahoma City on Wednesday morning at uh at eleven. Got into Washington D.C. at three thirty. Uh, met up with some people. Get, got something to eat. Uh, at Steak Shake Stash Shack, which I had never eaten at, and that was pretty cool. And then we went to the show, and then we went to the show. So you know what you didn't hear in there? Sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you like I was starting to yawn outside of the building. And that's when I was like, okay, uh, I had the caffeine pills in my wallet, and it was my in case of emergency. So 
because I didn't want to sleep through the first ever show. And I took it because the emergency was coming. Uh, so we did get the ratings. We did get the ratings. It's pretty much the last thing we were going to talk about. The ratings came out. AEW, 1.4 million. NXT, 891,000. Yep. So, well, uh, uh, not totally unexpected. Uh, AEW wins. Uh, Google Trends, everyone has said. And then the uh, preview show got 600,000. So, everyone said it was going to do over a million. They thought, I mean, you know, that was the safe estimate. Uh, Dave Meltzer said it was going to be 1.4, 1.5. So he was actually very right for all the people that hate Dave Meltzer and says he's never right about anything. Uh, there you go. Uh, and then with Canada and, uh, I think it was like the, on the replay in Canada, I think it got up to 1.9. I did not hear the, really? Yeah. I didn't hear the numbers from NXT. Uh, so it looks like almost 2 million people watched it based on this episode. Do you think they're going to be able to hold on to, I'm going to set the number at 80%. You think they're going to be able to hang, hang on to 80% of this audience? Hold on. Um, let, let me just, uh, huh? Um, I, I will say, because um, that's that's like that's like one point one million. Um, because I was like, I, I am of the opinion. I hope the number grows, but honestly, most of the time the number drops. You know. Uh, <laughs> okay, so if I remember correctly, uh, what it, I think uh, I think it dropped eleven percent for for NXT from week one to week two, right? Like it had like one point one and dropped to uh, like nine hundred something, right? Yes. I think I would. I would probably. Okay, so that's case, and yeah, I probably say it'll have that level of drop. Okay. Um, now, um, the first NXT show was not as good as this show, and also it has the benefit of looking more major league because it's well is a lot more well lit, um, and it's in front of a larger audience, or a larger uh, crowd arena. And um, it was only on one channel. That was another thing. That too, yeah. And I get fucked around with. Uh, so, I would I would say yeah. That's now now thinking about it, yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. I, okay. I think I think it will. I think it'll be over eighty. Um, if before I thought about it, I thought like probably it'll settle in around one million, but um, like one point four. Like I'm still, you know, that's I, still I, some. <sighs> I did my unofficial poll thing where I just asked people I know that don't watch wrestling regularly that, you know, because of advertising and stuff, watch this one. Would they watch again next week? And I think I literally only had one person that said, yeah, it was cool, but I don't think I'm going to commit to watching two hours every week kind of thing. <laughs> and like, and yeah. they, no one said it sucked. It was just like, it was good. It's, you know, basically wrestling's not their thing. They right. watched it because it was the new stuff. So I was yep. like, oh, that's pretty cool. So hopefully they hold on to it. Hopefully they bring in some new uh, new people. Uh, if you're listening to the show and you haven't watched it, of course, you've been spoiled completely. But you totally. can go to TNTdrama.com, and they are allowing you to stream it for free with no sign-in. Mm. So, so you don't even need a cable provider. You can just go to TNT's site and stream it. I actually put it out on the A. <clears throat> On the A uh, AT Elite Pod Twitter account, and I put up some pictures on there if anyone wants to go look at those. 
But uh, yeah, I, I was so initial reaction to AEW winning or having more ratings to this week. I mean, I thought that was going to be the case. I thought they were going to be higher, um, just because of. I mean, there there is a gigantic groundswell, and it's totally earned of people. Uh, there are there being a lot of people that were wrestling fans or have had an interest in wrestling, but have been grown, you know, grown out of it or uh, stepped away from it because of the sports entertainment stuff. Right. So even if it's NXT, which doesn't do, which, you know, which is very much pro wrestling and not the sports entertainment type, even though they still do wacky from time to time, um, it is still owned and operated by um, WWE. So um, there, you know, I thought, I thought there's so much of a groundswell of people. I mean, AEW exists for the most part because there are people that are sick of Vince's shit, right? I mean, I, mean, I cut the I shit. I mean, out, the, but... the reason I exist. That's the reason I exist. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right. 2015, I, I didn't even. I would. You could have asked me about an Okada or an Omega. <clears throat> I wouldn't have known who you were talking about. I was completely in the WWE's web. Yeah, like um, honestly, with with Daniel Bryan, um, at that point in time, like with Daniel Bryan being gone, and then it looked like you know suffering succotash. Um and, and we had no idea Dan Brown was coming right back. Uh, you know, you for me like seeing Russell Kingdom is like that opened my eyes to what wrestling is outside. And at that still point, I still wasn't invested in going to watch it. It's more like, wow, like that's that is one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. Um, both or the last two matches. Uh, that's awesome. What a great show. Um, wrestling doesn't have to be you know as difficult as WWE makes it out to be. But like, I was still like, um. Not as disinterested, or not, or I'm. I wasn't as far. Uh, I wasn't as jaded of a WWE fan as I am now. Um, like it's grown even since 2014. So, um, like I still, you know, I still think WWE has value. I think you have, you know, if you told me like I root for the show to be good all the time because like I, they have more wrestlers I want to watch than any other promotion in the world. It just doesn't really cut it. So, and I feel like a lot of people feel the same way. So it's like. This was definitely something they're interested in because they want to see they want to see the people that are busting their ass, killing themselves, uh, and shortening their lives to entertain us, like be showcased and spotlighted in ways that aren't ridiculous or 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 make value of whatever you know they're putting out out on for us to watch, whether it's their, their angles or the presentation of their characters. So. Um, and WWE doesn't really do that much because like they're so scatterbrained and there's so much stuff going on. They have way too much content, even focusing um, and make it coherent and have it uh, be uh, cohesive um, from one week to the next. That it's like people want an alternative. They want to be rewarded for uh, for the time they invest and stuff. And WWE and AEW has done that very well um, since its first show, Double or Nothing, to now to this day. So I think you know I. Th- I honestly thought that like if this Wednesday night war thing pops off, I believe I believe like or I, I hope that ultimately what happens is they both do a million plus them both together, you know, for for a long time, right? For years, mm-hmm. um, they grow their audience, they're, and they're going to be the ones that have the younger audience, which apparently they do, right? Um, and then eventually. As these boomers start kicking a can, or or you know Vince moves out of place, like 
eventually WWE has no ch- or the main roster has no choice but to start using some of these principles that were the reason why people even watch wrestling to begin with uh, when they grew up or or you know whatever like people want to watch good storytelling that that goes from week to week month to month or whatever else uh, and they also want like roster positioning and they want wins and losses to matter it's not that hard right? like I mean it, no like doing it is hard but like the principles of the, like the 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 foundation or whatever else is like it, it's been a blueprint people have followed this shit for years like like it's basic storytelling if everything if everything matters then you can make you can be able to do certain things to try to manipulate people's emotions right like it's and then people start overthinking it and that's how you end up with you know certain things and like it's difficult to try to keep track of all the stuff you do that's hard but like the the foundation isn't like it's been written in stone for a decade or sorry, for, for decades. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Wrestling was very simple when we were young. <laughs> guy wanted the title. So he went after it. You know, yeah. guy wanted the guy's wife. So he went after, it. you know what I mean? It was very simple. It right. was like, it was a soap opera ish at times and it was right. a lot of bullshit, but, uh, right. but it was simple and it's just right. like, they try to make it overly complicated and that's a problem. Like and you just saw, sorry, like we just saw uh, Becky Lynch and The Rock together, and a year ago, or let's say a little before a year ago, or uh, um, Becky Lynch, she started beating people in the middle of the ring with her move for like, and went on a win streak. Yeah, and then they decided they wanted to turn her heel when it was time for her to get a title shot because her friend came back from an injury and, and basically like beat her, and they wanted her to turn heel for losing. And the crowd said, no, fuck your story. Fuck this nonsensical story. Becky was out here beating people clean. We like, we've always liked Becky. You, put, you basically move her out of the way for, for, uh, for somebody that wasn't as talented as her. And she's been toiling away for forever. And she finally got herself going again by beating people in the middle of the ring with a move. And we've always liked her. And then now you want to turn her heel? No, screw that. Screw your storyline. Stick it up your ass. Uh, uh, road dog, Vince McMahon. And eventually they had to about that to change it around and now they they've realized oh yeah like we kind of lucked into this thing because of like and that's the kind of way how you get over big in WWE now is like you piss off the fan they piss off the fans with whatever not whatever story they messed up and like we have to kind of course correct them into into making sense yeah. like so I don't I don't want to do that I don't want to be like like I can't believe they did this, did this to Becky Lynch. I can't believe they just did this to Daniel Bryan. I can't believe they just did this to Roman Reigns. I can't believe they just did this to fill in the blank. Whoever, everybody they mess up. So it's like, and I'm not as, uh, I look on on Twitter and see some of these comments and like, people like really, really are fed up and are their wits in or quit. And you see that 1.4 and it's like, when people say all oh, this shit about, you know, if you don't like it, don't watch. All right. At one point four, a lot of those motherfuckers stopped watching and decided to pick up this because it, the show was so the other shows were so bad that they're like, yeah. I want to watch wrestling. I'm done. I'm going to watch this other wrestling. And now they have a and now they have a gigantic part of the market share of fans that Vince or, or people said like don't even exist. And now like they're here now and they're probably gonna be around for a while. And like so this is gonna be interesting to see like next, you know, weeks, months and maybe even years and hopefully decades of like there being four big wrestling shows weekly um, on on cable or uh, or just a big TV, big yeah. cable. You have to th- and you have to think about this that you know 
Um, you look at the Major League ratings, they weren't down. So these weren't, you know, they didn't take away from Major League Baseball. These are people that would rather do nothing <laughs> than, you know, watch wrestling some of these nights. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they's like, oh, well, you gave us something to watch. Now we're coming back. And yeah. and that and that that makes me happy. And that's why I was like, you know, when you know they have the hashtag I'm with AEW, and you know that's in my profile name or whatever. But <laughs> the reason I'm with AEW is because if AEW is great, it will make WWE better. Because I'm with professional wrestling. I just like watching wrestling. I'm a freaking nerd that just likes watching professional wrestling. I want it all to be good. You right. know, I don't like nobody. Nobody's watching WWE or, or, or used to watch WWE. It was like, yeah, you know, like I I watched it, just hate to watch it. Like I didn't want to actually be good. Like, no, get the hell out of here with that nonsense. Yes, I want to love it, and I want to love WWE, and I want to love NXT, and I want to love it all. But it's just what I've learned over my history is that WWE doesn't really try until they feel like they got someone on their heels. And that's what I'm hoping mm. AEW can be. So, because I remember there was this little period when Impact came to Monday nights. WWE's like, oh, we're about to squash this bug. And they put on some great programming. And then it was like, oh, okay, Impact's dead. And WWE went back to the same stuff that they were doing. And it's mm. just like, I lived it. <laughs> I lived it. So I'm telling you, they do better when they have, they feel like there's a threat. And hey, that's what I want. And so AEW be a threat. That's what I'm rooting for because I, I know you're going to be good because I I understand how you're going to storytell and just want WWE to you know up their game to whatever it has to be. But like I said, I am for wrestling. I am very clear on that. I'm very happy about the 1.4 million. And if you are one of the 1.4 million listening to the show. Stay vigilant. That's the important thing. Stay vigilant. Yeah, stay vigilant. You know, the same thing you were doing these last three months, telling your friends to watch and getting on your friends and saying, hey, you can use my cable login or whatever the hell you have to do. Do that shit again. Okay? <laughs> do that shit again. <laughs> I don't know why that shit was so funny to me. Stay yeah. vigilant. Like yeah, no, you know, you got that 1.4, and it's like, oh, we beat WWE. I'm going to go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go to game night at my bar. No, motherfucker, go back in front of the TV. Get get your ass back in front of the TV. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that. No. <laughs> No, what you what you what you doing on Wednesday? What you doing on Wednesday? <laughs> Get back in front of there, you know. Oh, yeah. No. So like, hey, you know, you gotta be out there, man. You're like, hey, it's it's one of those days. It's like you gotta tell your friends to watch this. Uh, and and AEW proving that there are no days off for their company. Today they were at the New York Comic Con. And uh, Cody attacked Jericho during one of their press conference scrums. It wasn't a press conference. It was like one of the Q&As and all the wrestlers up. And Cody attacked Jericho to continue their storyline. And I love it. I love it because it happened in New York Comic Con. And there was a lot of people there dressed up in Star Wars and Star Trek stuff. And they didn't know what the hell this guy was fighting this other guy for. But I need to know why. And someone told them about AEW and hopefully... They go on on Wednesday nights or 
log on and see what it's about. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I saw uh, parts of the video where like Jungle Boy is like in between trying to keep the peace, and, and like, he has this he's totally useless, totally useless. Has this, okay, there's this part in the video where Jericho literally pulls him down and tells him to hold him back. Yes, he's totally useless. And, <laughs> and, and then he's like, his back is totally turned to Jericho as like Cody goes right by him, and and, and I think he like double legs him, double legs uh Jericho. So like as thanks. You got to think, and you're like, and this is my stretch to make it a gimmick. Jungle Boy doesn't know our ways, so he didn't know what he was supposed to do in that situation. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, kayfabe like, stretch. Kayfabe he's stretch. able. He's <laughs> able to like dress himself inside of a inside of a uh, uh, a uh, a shirt, you know. But he does not understand the concept of a pull-apart, though, yeah, right? Yes, no, not at all. Because apparently he didn't. Because literally it's this part where Jericho's supposed to be being held back from Cody. And there's no one holding him back. So he literally <laughs> drags Jungle Boy and tells him to start holding him back. I was like, man, that's veteran shit. I, I, I had to clap for Jericho. <laughs> because because uh, at, least he didn't, at least he didn't do the invisible holdback thing. He... He oh. actually made somebody hold him back. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That is much better than the Frankie Gazarian from Wednesday, yes. Yep, Air is holding me back right now. Uh, I am a mime. No, but uh, yeah, that's it uh, for the show. Follow us at AT Elite Pod. James, what's your information so everybody can listen to your show and everything? Okay, yes. Also on the same podcast network, we have One Nation Radio that airs on Sundays, and sometimes, occasionally, we have a midweek episode. Uh, typically, it's during a go-home show for WWE Pay-Per-View. This week, with um, all that was Wednesday, we just left that alone. It was way too much stuff to go through. Um, but anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at JamesBoyd87. You can find my co-host, Rich Lotta, also on uh, Twitter, at richlotta 32 um, we also we also have the at one H radio uh, spot where we also have the podcast. You can go and check throughout, and also so suplex um, as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, check my Twitter. My Twitter is mostly just me retweeting uh, people saying funny stuff. All right, all right. Well, uh, definitely Tiffany couldn't be on the show this week. She apologizes. We're going to get her on as soon as possible. But if you want to hear her reveal the show, uh, go to Heart of the Elite. On YouTube, it's called Heart of the Elite with Tiffany. She has about a 23-minute review of her night in the show. I guarantee it's going to be positive because I don't think negative things come out of Tiffany's mouth. I don't (laughs) even know if that's possible. So uh, definitely uh, check her out on YouTube. Also, our other host, uh, Amy Euler, make sure she's at uh, Phoenix NJPW. Uh, so make sure you're following her and don't follow me. Just follow the show site. Cause I, I actually tweet more from the show site than I do from my own account. So that's at AT elite pod. I got it down. I always get stumbled up on it because someone stole all elite pod before I could get to it. I mean, <laughs> all, all things elite before I can get to it, but it's AT elite pod. Definitely go there. Uh, this show will be out sometime Saturday. And again, James, you were last minute. I appreciate you for jumping on with me and laughing, making me laugh and everything. It was great. So I will remind you all. I will remind you all to make sure you keep supporting AEW Pro Wrestling Tees. They put out a new a lot of new stuff this week. And as I end every show, whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. 